0: Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of the Idiot Book Nook. My name is Blazewing, and my pronouns
1: are she, her, and they, them. I am the Reading Dragon, and my pronouns are she, her. My name's Lady Punnett. My pronouns are primarily she,
2: her, sometimes they, them. Today's a she, her kind of day. And I'm Crittershy.
3: My pronouns are she, her, they, them.
0: Today's a she, her, day. Excellent. We're doing chapter 38 of the Amulet of Samarkand. Um, We're in the middle of what appears to be the end, uh, the beginning of the end, so or at least for this book. So, uh, just before we get back into that, y- if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so at linktr.ee slash idiotbooknook. You can find all of our individual socials, you can find links to all of our podcast feeds. And if we're not on a podcast feed that you'd like to see us on, let us know. You can also find a link to our Twitch stream. You can come and join us at 9 a.m. Uh, Mountain Time on Monday, uh, sorry, Wednesday mornings. And you can also find a link to our anchor feed where you can leave us voicemail messages should you wish to do so. Leave us some feedback, let us know how you're liking the story, let us know how you like the podcast, all of that jazz. But I don't have any, uh, with that being said, I don't have any housekeeping that needs to be done right now, so, um,
1: narrator! Yeah?
0: Are you ready for chapter 38?
1: Yeah, and I just wanted to say something real quick. Uh, Jay, okay, it's Jay, just sent me a link for a little, like, uh, Furby keychain done by Funko Pop. Mm-hmm. You don't need it. Okay.
2: You don't You're, need it.
1: It's the funny thing, though. The you Furby don't need I, the cursed object in your house. You already have one. It's not an actual Furby. It's just Funko Pop's miniature keychain thing and it's of a tiger Furby! Tiger Furby is what I grew up with! (laughs) It's so cute! Ah! Anywho... I am ready. Let me just get back to... getting... there, there we go. The Bartimaeus Trilogy, Book 1, The Amulet of Samarkand, written by Jonathan Stroud, Narrated by The Reading Dragon. Voice acted by The Reading Dragon, Blazewain Wayne 2010, Lady Punnett, and Crittershy. Chapter 38. Simon Lovelace strode alone through the corridors and galleries of the great house. His head was bowed as he walked, his hands loosely clasped behind his back. He paid no heed to the rows of paintings, sculptures, tapestries, and other artifacts he passed. He never looked behind him. Nathaniel flitted from one pillar to pedestal. Nathaniel flitted from pillar to pedestal, from bookcase to writing desk, concealing himself behind each one until he was satisfied the magician was far enough ahead for him to continue. His heart old snake. Right. <laughs> He's just missing a fox. His heart pounded. He had a rushing noise in his ears. It reminded him of a time when he had ill where he had it reminded him of a time when he had been ill in bed with fever. He didn't feel ill now but very much alive. The moment was fast approaching when Lovelace would strike. He knew it. He knew it as if he had planted it all. He knew it as if he had planned it all himself. He didn't yet know what form the attack would take, but he would see its imminence in the tense outline of the magician's shoulders in his stiff, distracted way of walking. He wished Bartimaeus would find him. The genie was his only weapon. Lovelace ascended a narrow staircase and disappeared through an open arch. Nathaniel climbed after him, placing his feet noiselessly on slippery marble steps. At the arch, he peered around It was a small library or gallery of some kind, dimly lit by windows in the roof. Lovelace was making his way along a central aisle between several rows of projecting bookcases. Here and there sat low display tables, supporting a variety of oddly shaped objects. Nathaniel took another peek, decided that his quarry was almost at the opposite door, and tiptoed into the room. Suddenly, Lovelace spoke. Maurice! Nathaniel shot behind the nearest bookshelf. He flattened himself against it, forcing himself to breathe quietly. He heard the far door open. Stealthily, careful not to make the slightest noise, he turned his head inch by inch until he could look over the top of the nearest books. Other bookcases separated him from the opposite side of the gallery but framed in a gap between two shelves he could just make out the red wrinkled face of Skylar, the old magician. Lovelace himself was hidden from view. Simon, what is wrong? Why have you come? I've brought you a present. Lovelace's voice was casual, amused. The boy. Nathaniel nearly fainted with shock. His Nathaniel? muscles. T-
2: hm He failed his
1: stealth check. Epically. Nathaniel nearly fainted with shock. His muscles tensed, ready to run. Lovelace stepped out from behind the end of the bookshelf. Don't bother. You'll be dead before you leave the room. Nathaniel froze, teetering on the edge of panic. He kept quite still. Come... come round here to Maurice. Lovelace mentioned with ostentatious courtesy. Nathaniel shuffled forward. That's a good boy. And stop trembling like an invalid. invalid. Another lesson for you. A magician never shows his fear. Invalid. Invalid. Yeah, they're spelled the same, but in this context, it is yeah. pronounced differently. I hate English. So do I. I. Do I. <laughs> There's too many rules. Yep. I know. Nathaniel entered the main aisle and halted facing the old magician. His body was shaking with rage, not fear. He cast his eyes left and right, looking for avenues of escape, but saw none. Lovelace's hand patted him on the back. He recoiled from the touch. I'm afraid I haven't got time to talk, Lovelace said.
2: I will leave you to Maurice's tender care he has an offer to make you pardon was that a mumble how did you know I was here Rufus Lyme recognized you I doubted that you would try anything too hasty downstairs given that the police are hunting you in connection with that unfortunate fire mm, so I thought it best simply to lead you away from the crowds before you could make trouble Now forgive me, I have a pressing engagement.
1: Maurice, it's time. Skylar's face crinkled with satisfaction. Rupert's arrived,
2: has he? He's arrived, and his men have conjured a formidable effort. Do you think he suspects? No, it's
0: the normal paranoia sharpened by that cursed attack on Parliament. The Resistance has a lot to answer for. They have not made today's task any easier. Uh, Once in power, Simon, we must root them out, these stupid children, and hang them up in chains on
2: Tower Hill.
1: Lovelace grunted.
2: (laughs) The Afreet will be present during the speech. Rupert's men will insist. You will have to stand close to it, Simon. It must
0: get the first full force.
2: Yes, I hope
0: the amulet- Tch! Stop wasting time! We've talked about this already. You know it'll
1: hold firm. Something in the old man's voice reminded Nathaniel of his own master's cold impatience. The wrinkled face twisted unpleasantly. You're not
0: fretting about the woman, are you?
1: Amanda?
2: Of course not. She is nothing to me. So. Lovelace took a deep breath. Is everything set?
0: The pentacle is ready. I have a good view of the room. Rufus has just put the horn in position, so that's dealt with. I shall keep watch. If any of them resist while it's happening, we'll do what we we shall do what we can.
1: But I doubt
0: if it if will be necessary.
1: The old man gave a little titter. <laughs>
0: I'm so looking forward
1: to this. See you shortly. Lovelace turned and headed for the arch. He seemed to have forgotten Nathaniel's existence. The old man suddenly spoke after him. The Amulet of Senechand, do you wear it yet?
2: Lovelace didn't look back. No, Rufus has it that a freet would smell it a mile away time. I shall put it on as I enter." Well then, good luck,
1: my boy. No answer. Presently, Nathaniel heard footsteps clattering away down the stairs. Then, Skylar smiled. All the wrinkles and creases of his face seemed to stem from the corners of his eyes. But, The eyes themselves were blank slits his body was so stooped with age that he was scarcely taller than nathaniel the skin upon his hands looked waxy dusted with liver spots yet nathaniel could sense the power in him i'm going to get critter to take shyler's
0: voice because nathaniel is going to be interacting with him
1: yep
2: Critter, make sure you try to make your voice sound like an old man who has a bunch of liver spots. Yes. Awesome. I'd say like Alfred Pennysworth but we do not want to give Alfred Pennysworth a bad name. Uh, we're starting at...
0: Uh
2: so... Yep, we're starting exactly there, Grim. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to cue her in yet, birdie. <laughs>
0: Yet Nathaniel could sense the power in them. You're starting at John.
2: Yeah.
1: John? Skylar said.
3: That is your name, is it not? John Mandrake? We were very surprised to find you in the house. Where is your demon? Have you lost it? That is a careless thing.
1: Nathaniel compressed the lips i'd like the- to imagine that this guy does have a little implant or demon and like it's just on a low enough level like like second level that nathaniel is just kind of getting distracted like he does <laughs>
2: this, this, this guy's trying to talk to him but the little like the little like demon messenger bird is just there it's acting like a second set of eyes for mm-hmm. the old man he can't
1: see that yep. works yep <laughs> nathaniel compressed his lips he glanced aside at the nearest display table. It had a few strange objects on it, stone bowls, bone pipes, and a large moth-eaten headdress, perhaps once worn by a North American shaman, all useless to him. I was all for killing you straight away, Skyler said.
3: But Simon is more far-sighted than I am i suggest we make you a proposition
0: he no. suggested
3: he suggested he suggested
2: we make you a proposition yeah he just wanted to kill him
1: mm-hmm. which and is so did bird which is nathaniel was looking at the next display table it carried a few small dull cubes of metal wrapped in faded paper strips the magician followed his gaze Ah, you are admiring Miss
3: Carthart...
0: Carth- Cathcart. Cat-
3: you are admiring Miss Cathcart's collection. You will find nothing of power there. It is fashionable among rich and stupid commoners to have magical items in their house, but quite unfashionable to know anything about them. Ah. Ignorance is bliss. Shortopin is always being pestered by society's fools
0: for trinkets like these. Nathaniel shrugged. You mentioned a proposition.
3: Yes, in a few minutes, the hundred most powerful and eminent ministers in the government will be dead, along with our sainted prime minister. When Simon's new administration takes control, the lower magical orders will follow us Unquestioningly, since we will be stronger than they. However, we are not numerous, and there will be s- there will soon be spaces. I needed a scroll. Okay. And there will soon be spaces, vacancies to fill the higher reaches of the government. We shall require taloned new magicians, talented. 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 Okay. We shall require talented new magicians to help us rule. Great wealth and the relaxation of power await our allies. Well now, you are young, Mandrake. But we recognize your ability. You have the makings of the great magician. Join us, and we shall provide you with the apprenticeship you have always craved. Think about it. No more experiments. Mantis in solitude No more bowing and or scraping To fools who are scarcely fit oh, To lick your boots One second We will test and inspire you We will draw <sharp inhale> out your talent And let it breathe And one day, perhaps, when Simon and I are gone You
1: will be supreme The voice trailed off Left the image Hanging Nathaniel was silent. Six years of frustrated ambition were etched into his mind. Six years of suppressed desire to be recognized for what he was, to exercise his power openly, to go to parliament as a great minister of state. And now, His enemies were offering it all to him. He sighed heavily. You are tempted, John. I see that. Well, what do you say? He looked the old man. He looked the old magician directly in the eye. (laughs) Does Simon Lovelace
0: really think I will join him? He does. After everything that has happened. Even so, he knows how your mind works. Then Simon Lovelace is a fool. John. An arrogant fool. You must. After what he has done to me, he could offer up the world and I'd refuse it. (laughs) Join him. I'd rather die.
1: Skylar nodded as if satisfied.
3: Yes, I know. That is what I told him you'd say. I perceived you as you are, a silly, muddled child. You have not been brought up correctly. Your mind is fogged. You are of no use to us.
1: He took a step forward. His shoes squeaked on the shiny floor. Well.
3: Aren't you going to run, little boy? Your gin has gone. You have no other power. Would you not...
0: Would you... Would you not like a head start? Would you not like a head start? I don't... I, I, I mis- uh, I'm getting the impression that Grimm doesn't think Nathaniel needs a head start.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. I, I, think, I think the bird's thinking, No! Don't give him a head start! Don't He's get all cocky, cocky right now! You know what happens when you get cocky! Just! Yes. Do but Nathaniel can't, Nathaniel can't hear it, though. It's kind of like how it's a familiar thing, so only, like, the owner can hear it, and he's trying to ignore it, but the guy's just like, NO!
1: NO! And yet Nathaniel no! is seeing, like, the whole movements, and this imp is, like, literally doing the Shia LaBeouf, JUST DO IT! No audible, just visual, and he was like, the.
0: Fuck? let's
1: finish the chapter. Yeah. We're trying. Nathaniel did not run. He knew it would be fatal. He flicked a look at the other tables, but couldn't see clearly what objects they displayed. His enemy blocked the way to them. Do you know, the old man said, I
3: was impressed the first time we met. So young, so full of knowledge. I thought Simon was very harsh on you. Even the affair with the mice was assuming, was amusing and displayed an enterprising nature. Ordinarily, I would kill you slowly. That would amuse me further. But we have important business in a few moments. I cannot
1: spare the time. The magician raised a hand and spoke a word. A shining black nimbus appeared, glimmering and fluctuating around his fingers. Nathaniel threw himself to one side.
0: Even uh, that—that's going to end this chapter, by the way. But even Grim's getting excited for this build-up. Right? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Guys. I can reset You're—you're good. You know what? Com- saying... Bird commentary is great. I love it. Yeah, it just gives added flavor with imp shit. I understand <sighs> that you know people aren't necessarily used to hearing pet uh, pets uh, vocalizing in uh, Twitch streams, and I think that needs to be normalized a bit more. Yeah, mm-hmm. birds can be a little shrill, but Grim is... Uh, for those of you that are watching the video, Grim is absolutely adorable.
2: He's so jacked yeah, really. And, and cats are allowed to sneeze. And cats are and allowed to
0: sneeze. sneeze. Absolutely. I'm not going to fault you for your pet making noise. Like, that's and, that's not the kind of channel I run here. So, so quick question. So huh. mm-hmm. Is Amanda a commoner? Yes. The beginning of the story, I think it was chapter four. Uh, oh, no, hold on, (laughs) that was Miss Lutian's, hold on. Miss Lucien's
2: a commoner, but, but this guy made insinuations that, uh, magicians don't often hold, like, magical items in their house, and there's nothing of use here for you because of silly commoners. Is Miss, is Lady Amanda a commoner?
0: I don't know, hold on. She
2: could just
3: be non, like, not a magician, or maybe, like, her parents or maybe he just sees commoner it. in someone he sees anyone who's not a magician as a commoner.
1: Yeah, that's the uh, gist. Uh, in this uh, world setting, non magicians are known as commoners. She knows of magic because in chapter four,
0: uh, Lovelace was talking to her about the prime minister and how he's weak. His specialty is charm, mm-hmm. but even he, but uh, he seldom bothers with that now. Mm-hmm. Um, one second. I don't see anything.
2: Like we haven't even seen like her having like imps or something with her.
3: Hmm. I'll be right back. Grim is requesting food. <laughs>
2: okay. No worries. Yeah. I.
0: Uh, I don't know. It's a. It's an interesting question. I have no idea.
2: Because well, Miss Lutien knew about magic, but she's also mm-hmm. considered by all means a commoner, and it would make me surprised if. Well, actually, it might be better for, uh, what's it called, for Lovelace if he pinned it on a commoner, because it looks like they aren't treated as nicely. Mm -hmm. But also, also, um, it's not just the Prime Minister he's out to kill, he's going to kill like everyone.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely seems that way. What else have we
1: got during this, um, during this we chapter? We were definitely correct in one of our uh, predictions. What's that? That Lovelace is just using Amanda. Yep. She is otherwise oblivious to everything that's going on, and that he effectively manipulated her. That being said, part of me does kind of wonder if maybe he does have some underlying feelings because of how he was just kind of like saying, you know, I don't really want to be like, Super near that, afraid. I don't want to be like super close to everything. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Amanda is going to be a little bit further away, but she's still going to be affected. Maybe he wanted to be close to her because of how uh, Skyler basically was like, "You're not actually into her." Yeah, I was like, yeah, "No, no, 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 no." Skyler, Skyler. Yeah,
3: I mean, I, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say it definitely felt like maybe uh, in the beginning it was supposed to be. Like, just for this,
2: and he, he caught feelings along the way. I mean, that is a common trope, and we have seen that Jonathan Stroud isn't afraid to do,
0: common like, tropes. some
2: common tropes. Like, when uh, when Bartimaeus got, like, captured. Yep. Yeah. He did the common trope oh, you're in, like, an unbreakable object! But he's also been known to turn those tropes on their heads yeah. by saying, nope, you aren't getting away with just plot excuses. So it makes me think that maybe it's something similar like, Oh, the bad guy falls for the got for the person. They're trying to trick. But you might turn that on its head and it might turn into yes, I've fallen for you. However, you need to help me my So Basically I'll find something better.
0: Jonathan Strad likes curveballs.
2: He likes curveballs. And I like curveballs. Like don't get me wrong, I love my tropes. Mm-hmm. A personal favorite of mine is Found Families. Mm-hmm and fake dating AUs, but uh, basically he's not afraid to throw curveballs. so even if Simon Lovelace did catch feelings for Amanda, I do not think it's going to change the end plans. Yeah. If it happens to be that Amanda is in the room when this all goes down and she's caught in the crosshairs, I do not think he's going to do anything to prevent damage happening to her if it means he's going to get hurt. Yeah.
3: He might hesitate, but yeah, I think in the end he would still pick himself.
2: Although I would like to applaud uh, Nathaniel mm-hmm. for sticking to his guns and being like, "Yeah, I know you. This would like prevent me from being killed, and I know that it's gonna like serve my needs in the end." But no, he was mean to me. He's the reason that Miss Lutien is no longer my teacher. He's the reason Mrs. Underwood is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna do it. He but... basically looked this dude in the eye and said,
0: "Fuck you." Um, if I uh, hang on a second Mm -hmm. if I can make a uh, slight comment about uh, Nathaniel's attitude in this situation
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see what you're doing there
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh. (laughs) so for those of you listening to the podcast I have a mug with an upside down Canadian flag on it and the words get fucked hoser uh, written on it so uh, yeah. Wait, weren't you going to
1: alter the design a mm-hmm. little bit because of something happening? The design has been
0: I? the design has been altered. However, I do not currently have the funds to order another mug, so I'm mm-hmm. using that one for now. Yeah. What else we got for this chapter?
2: Um. Nathaniel is not as stealthy as he thinks he is. Mm. Nope. Mm-hmm. Although it wasn't really his fault, it's because his disguise didn't hold true. <laughs> yeah, and I
3: think this is one of those like, yeah, he tried, like, he didn't exactly do the stupid thing, but maybe he should have waited before following. Mm-hmm. And now
1: plans are going extra fast. Oh, yeah. Ooh, like I think it might have been a combination of both because how else would he would Lovelace have known that Jonathan w- that Nathaniel was actually kind of right behind him? He's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I brought you the boy, and he
3: doesn't even have the amulet
1: on him too. Nope, yep. yeah. because he knows that uh, Nathaniel doesn't have his demon with him.
2: Well, he believes... They both believe that they don't have this feel like it with him. Yeah. I imagine that at this point... Uh, Simon knows about Bartimaeus.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's probably put two and two together at this point.
2: Well, I think he has, but it's also a matter of the fact that... Uh, I think Farquhar and Javor would have, like, told mm-hmm. him about... Bartimaeus. Mhm. Because why wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, why wouldn't they?
3: Yeah, it definitely could be that Bartimaeus was not as stealthy as he thought he was at the beginning in the kitchen and all that, and that yeah. that's what gave everyone, them the heads
0: up. See, I know mm-hmm. how this book. I know how this book ends, so I'm going to refrain from commenting on this. That's right. You looked in yes.
2: spoilers. You. hush. Are-
0: I know everybody's fate.
2: You hush! You shut that spoiler mouth!
0: I didn't say anything. Now Blaze is good about the spoilers. I, de- I detest spoilers. I will go spoil things for myself every so often, but I will not subject another person to that. I I have, uh, like, zero tolerance for spoilers and shit, unless somebody specifically asks for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And even in that, even in that instance, most of the times I will not give spoilers. Mm -hmm. So, was there anything else we wanted to talk about?
2: Mm. Lovelace is very, is showing his recklessness and his cockiness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because he thought for sure that, no, 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 let's give this boy a chance to like actually join us. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't he join us? And it's like, bitch, after all the shit you put him through, you think he's going to join you? Like, children are spiteful when they want to be. Or when they feel justified for it. So,
0: interesting point of note, or point of interest. We're going to be coming up on chapter 39 39 next week, when we sit down for our session next week.
1: We, got, like... we can get
0: three chapters done, that puts us at forty one. Chapter forty one switches back and forth between Nathaniel and Bartimaeus with I saw Viewpoint. That.
1: Yeah.
0: So we know where the climax is. It's yep.
3: getting serious.
0: It's getting spicy. So, well, if that's everything. I believe so. Cool. Yeah. Thank you once again for joining us for the Emulative of Simmerkind, uh, the first book in the Biodemius trilogy. We went through chapter 38 this episode. This has been episode 53 of the Idiot Book Nook. Um, we're coming up on the end of our second book here, so yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we actually sat down and figured out what our next book is going to be, and we are going to be doing *Aragon*. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be doing the, the the first book in that in that series. So provided
2: um, that we don't get the books that me correct. and Mo- and Blue won, correct? Yep. Uh, or... So th- there's a book that was won through a
0: contest we're looking at doing, and there mm-hmm. is the poetry book from Old World Charm. So uh, provided we don't get those two, we will be doing Aragon next. Yep.
1: On Twitch. Old World Charm is known as Skull for Initiative, where he runs a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Absolutely. So shout out to uh, shout
0: out to him and his channel and his crew. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's been a pleasure, uh, as always. Uh, I really enjoy sitting down. I actually kind of look forward to Wednesday mornings uh, for this and whatnot, as much as I don't like getting up in the morning. <laughs> uh, go ahead. At least you're not having to do it every single day. You know what? That's fair. Yeah. Once a week. That's fine. With that being said, for episode 53 of the Idiot Book Nook podcast, I'm Blazing. I am the Reading Dragon. I'm Lady Punnett.
2: And I'm Crittershy.
0: And we'll see you next episode for episode 39. Toodles! Bye-bye!